Hello and welcome to our Ben and UK podcast. My name's Luke, and that's Don. Great. How are you, Luke? I'm not a hug, but bad. How are you? I uh, can't complain. Well, I can complain because it weren't three points, but not complaining. No, no not to complain. I mean, we, boy, it's a quite a bit to talk about tonight now. Oh, now it is. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm just putting it into the Red Bull discussion group, so they know. That's on the uh, UK podcast. Comment to get your views on the show. So we're very delighted today. We'll be a bit later on the afternoon show. We'll be joined by um, Le- this month's a legend in our BNY media, Daniel Thursday. But first of all, we, we talked we talk about the point. Could we get into the intro? Um, it was a late night for actually last night, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's what we're used to. It could have been later. Could have been later. We need we yeah. got that late on. Um, um, Saturday night. Saturday night. That was up. Yeah. We were getting worried then. And we thought it's 3.30 a.m. here. We're still not kicked off. Yep. It could be a very, this is be an all time late one. Um, <laughs> it wasn't luckily. Yep. And we got there. Um, so we got the bat. It's time. Is it time to find an intro? Let's run the intro. Welcome to the RBNYUK podcast. And we're now delighted to be joined by the man, myth, legend himself, Darren Fulstein. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, gentlemen. How's it going today? Yes, yeah, nice. It's very hot here today. It's we're about. <laughs> it's, uh, um, no, this is going to sound really cold to you. So I apologize. It's about <laughs> 79 Fahrenheit here, and we are sweltering here. It's too hot. <laughs> Um, you mean like the 85 Fahrenheit? I'm suf- I'm trying to get through over here in the U.S. <laughs> you got you got you have aircon. You have aircon. You know, I got I got, a, I got a tiny little fan. <laughs> we don't have. Air, if you, you need know. another window, you gotta get a sledgehammer. Just knock it out. Yeah. We don't have we don't have an air cold culture in this country. Nah. Um, yeah, we're, we're built for the cold, not for the warmth. We're built for the cold. Uh, yeah. And when I mean cold, I don't mean as cold as New York either. We're in the middle. We don't. We don't have. We don't have. Um. I don't. We don't get our subway flooded or. And just walk through <laughs> like normal. We don't have any of that. But so what you so what you're saying is you get no flooding in the tube, huh? No, no, no we don't. <laughs> no, it's just if it starts raining, they just don't turn up for work. So it's ah, okay. <laughs> uh, we well, melting like the Wicked Witch of the West, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so, Lord, Julian Bowser, if you got a comment there, oh, Julian, look at it. <laughs> when we have a legend on board, you have to do things fit like yeah. that live, and I think. Live, Obviously, yeah. this is our first live one. It's a bit of a trial run, but I think it could be a way forward. And who better to have as a guest for the first ever live yeah. edition? If we want to, as, well, a good point to see what now joining the comment on the show. If you want your comment, get go. You need to go to streamyard.com slash Facebook to give permission. So we don't, if we don't give permission, it shows us a Facebook user. We oh. want to see your name to shout you out. Make sure to give your permission and we put your name in the show. So. Let's talk to the main talking point. I'll be honest, this wasn't our plan. 
Our, our plans got changed at about quarter to two, quarter, yep. to, quarter to six. I just finished work. When you just gone on pizza, we're about to start playing up, get ready for the podcast. And then I was looking through my news on my computer and I saw the latest Kaku, like Kaku thing. So if you don't know about Kaku, take it away, Ronnie. Why don't you just explain it in a bit of detail? Oh, oh, where do you start with this Kaku situation? Everyone obviously knows Kaku has departed the Rebels or has he departed the Rebels? Who knows? But as of today, officially, Major League Soccer and the Red Bulls have opened a federal lawsuit in New Jersey to try and get the money that we are owed. And I've got to say this right now. It A, wouldn't happen in any other league. We all know that because of different rules. However, we want our money. And not necessarily Kaku, but we want our money. So I'll, I'll take the money. Kaku can stay there. Yes. Yes. Do you agree with that, Daniel? I absolutely agree with it because, you know, look, as much as Kaku, when he came over to the club, when Jesse Marsh was the manager at the time, you know, this was a guy who was supposed to be an integral part of the offense, to be that creative midfielder, uh, to be the attacking midfielder as well, to, to, you know, give support to Bradley Wright Phillips at the time. Obviously, Jesse Marsh uh, left to be the assistant coach with Red Bull Salzburg. Then, of course, he moved on to... Um, excuse me, Leipzig in Germany in the Bundesliga. Then he went to Salzburg as manager. Now he's back in Leipzig as their manager for this upcoming Bundesliga season. But Kaku all of a sudden started to make plans to leave the New York Red Bulls, wanted to get transferred to Club America uh, in the Mexican uh, League, in the Liga MX, and that never happened. And he's been trying to transfer out as badly as he could. And then... He thought he was on a free. He can go wherever he wants. Red Bulls uh, instilled, you know, they activated a clause saying they have, you know, they have a club option. The option was to can keep him for another season, and it was valid. But he didn't care. He wanted to leave. He wanted to leave as soon as possible. Now, you know, whether it be he didn't like the setup with at the time Chris Armas, who was the manager. Okay, that's fine. You can argue about that, and it's not a big deal if you want to argue about that. But at the same time, he wanted to leave. He felt like his talents deserved to go somewhere else. After one year being in MLS at, you know, trying to go to Club America and then trying to, you know, get himself out and transfer out, and it's just ridiculous. And while I understand he's trying to, you know, be part of Paraguay's national team, once again, you got to show some respect being here in the U.S. to be a member of the New York Red Bulls, to play hard. Now, I understand it's difficult for some of the supporters because they support Kaku, and he was here for three years, but how many of the years actually after the first year was he playing disgruntled? Two years. Two straight years. He played disgruntled for no reason whatsoever. And instead of trying to make things better for himself – what does he do at the end of last year? He runs off to play in the Middle East and in, I believe in the Saudi Arabian clubs yeah. Uh, yeah. league. So, you know, look, I this situation, you know he's not coming back and that's fine, but you expect some sort of compensation. And yeah. with this new federal uh, lawsuit, I'm hoping the Red Bulls and MLS does get compensation because this is – whole situation has been absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And 
Both me and Wanya saw Cuckoo play. We saw him play once when we came out, the same year but different games. And 28 season, he was amazing. And we all know what happened when Chris Salamis came in. That's not Kaku's fault. But I always think there's a way to leave a football club. There's a way of going around it and ways not to go around it. Mm. This is taking it to a next stream, this has. But it's just... Um, obviously, we had the incident, was it in Kansas City when he kicked a, kicked a, a fan of the football? I don't know where oh, it was man. now. Was it, was it Cincinnati? I can't even remember where it was. Somewhere. I just remember getting, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Where was somewhere. And he kicks it in for someone's face. Yeah, but somewhere. Somewhere he did something like stupid. Um, again, that's what I was talking about earlier. We've got a few people, we've got Facebook users. To do that, like to do the account, go to streamlab.com slash Facebook so we can actually see who you are. Do you want, we'd like to give you a shout out. So, I mean, that one from Julian who says he was more aggravated than worth. We had like 35% worth a decent time in the pitch from that's That's probably a fair assessment, no, given his time in the pitch. Like, yes, oh, obviously, Daniel's worth dropped out. We're getting back soon, I'm sure. Um, no, yeah, just touching on like the whole situation, I think it's such a unique situation that the MLS and Rebels got a set of president because if they let one player get away with it, then a lot of people will see their contract and see obviously that last year of the team option and they'll just leave. So they've got to like, nick it in the bud now to stop future players having the same situation. And obviously you can't just let your assets of the league and of no. the club just desert, like, desert you when you need them the most. No, obviously not. I'm like, and like the main point in the lawsuit was they they actually had to go out and pay five point five million dollars. We actually know the price for Kamala now because mm. it was it was undisclosed. But in the lawsuit, it stated it was five point five million dollars they paid to get a replacement. Yeah. Um. So they paid money to get a replacement. They might not have had to do if Kaka hadn't let, left. Um, yeah, that's the thing. He had the option of the year. Red Bull said, right, we're taking you up yeah. on this year because obviously you protect the player's value. You can still get the sell on what you yeah. want to get on rather than just letting them go for free because then it's a asset that you've been paying X amount over an annual salary. And if they're just going to walk out the door, you don't get the money from. So you give them that option, get the year, and obviously hope to get the 5.5 million in to reinvest. And obviously, like, Klamala at the moment is a great replacement. And hopefully we manage to settle this once and for all. And then the money... Of that one can be for Klimala. Hopefully, so the money is is reported to. Uh, they want around six million dollars, which is about yeah. the amount of money we pay for him. That's not money you should get. I think if you sold him, you would got that amount of money. Yeah. Let's be honest; he was not going to Saudi Arabia if Red Bulls had sold him. No, because they were able to give him a massive contract because it was a free transfer. Um, he would gone to somewhere in Mexico, probably Club America, I would imagine. Yeah. Something in Mexico for about around six million dollars. That what they want? Well, we'll get it in another question. Um, hopefully they will. It's very interesting stories. Lots, lots of um, things around about in its ever going situation in, in Red Bull world, of course. Um, and it's it's a it's a bizarre one, really, isn't it, Wally? Oh, yeah, well, definitely. But it's also a thing of, isn't it probably one of the most Red Bulls thing you're ever going to hear? Oh, yeah, it is. If it's going to happen to any team within the MLS, it's going to happen to the Red Bulls. It's just guaranteed that it's going to be something to talk about. And obviously, 
this is a massive talking point. But even just going on from like what we were saying, he was obviously here for three years. First year, very promising, looked very good. Assist, assist, nutmeg after nutmeg. And then obviously he slowly goes downhill from there, which is a shame because he was a great player for us that year. And sometimes, all right, just doesn't work out beyond the point. But that's where Red Bull cut their losses. They've got the extra year. They've said, right, we're going to let you, like, we'll sell you if you want to go. But obviously he's thought, I don't know, let's just, um, let's just do it ourselves kind of thing. Right. Daniel's back. Hey, you cut off my feed. Yeah. He's, he's saw, him for cutting off my feed. He saw, he saw <laughs> us talking about him. I thought, oh, I'm going to cut his feed off now. Um, Sorry about that, everyone. Like, so, uh, we, we get a feeling quickly, um, Daniel, to report his fee, he's going to be buying $6 million. That's what they want in compensation, which is a random amount of money they pay for him. And I'll change money. If they sold him, and that's the sort of feeling we've got. We've got around the five, six million mark quite easily. Um, if I will get that into another question, obviously, this is actually the second federal case in a few months. Obviously, I've had a New York federal case in May. Uh, this is the second one, it's now New Jersey. It's gonna be, it's, this is not the end of it. Don't, don't think it is, guys. This is far from end. This no. is going for a long time. Look, strap in, this is going on. No, I think it's going to go for a long time. Um, I, I really think that uh, Ali, I think, is the name of the club, but I could be wrong here. Um, yeah. You know, they claim that he came over on a on a free transfer. They they don't think they owe anything, and, of course, that's not true. Uh, court systems here in the United States, especially in New York and New Jersey, um, they have basically said the Red Bulls had every right to activate the option to keep him for another year. He just didn't want to be here anymore. And I know that might be upsetting to some of the supporters out there who were and are in favor of Kaku, who liked him. Look, I liked him too. I thought he was going to be a major part of this club for a good while. And yeah, maybe there'll be somewhere down the road they would have sold him. But he decided to take that option out of his hands, and he did so illegally. And it's all valid. And so it's up to the Saudi club to just give the Red Bulls the compensation yeah. that they needed. We all know he's not coming back, and that's fine. He's not coming back. But there is compensation that deserves to be given to the New York Red Bulls. They had him on a legitimate and legal. But we've got more data problems on Daniel's side. Kaki's doing it. Yep. I might start a law a lawsuit against uh, yeah. Kaki as well. Kaki's doing it. Um, so, like, I quickly breached the subject. Um, he said Kaki's not coming back. Probably not. Can you imagine if he does come back? Is there anything more Red Bull than him coming back? I, th I think it's now got to a position that it doesn't matter how it's going to be sorted, whether it's legal. If for some reason the lawsuit doesn't get settled and he MLS obviously says that Rebels back. There's no way back for him. That the fans got to a point of obviously there's a load of people who like Kaku. But once you once you drag something through the dirt, there's no going back from it. And no. sad, sadly, obviously his time didn't finish at the Rebels how everyone wanted it to or didn't go as long as people wanted to. But at the end of the day, the three years they gave us, we say thank you. We try and get this lawsuit over the way. We put this in the past. 
and the young bunch of players we've got now we focus on them and let them play yeah. out and see how it goes yeah that's the way i think it's the way you've got to go, got to go now haven't you 100 um, i think obviously touching on this season and the young players um it's the attitude of players and i think obviously struber's quite like strong on the attitude of players and i think it's really coming into sight especially over the last few games obviously the lovely storms and obviously toronto last night but the players seem happier around the training ground it's a good atmosphere at a club and obviously it's the youngest team in the mls at the moment who are performing so it's a team that's going to grow so don't obviously necessarily expect stuff now but in yeah. a couple of years time who knows what's going to be the case who knows? this year who knows? Who knows what will be the case? Hundred percent. But no, I think obviously just touching on our well, I'd say the last game at Red Bull Arena, but everyone knows that certain weather front decided to come in and uh, disrupt the evening, and it was delayed and then delayed again. And then for some reason, I don't know why the MLS and the referees have agreed, they agreed at one point to get the players back out on the pitch. I think this must have been about. Our time was about half one area. They was aiming for a one thirty-two kickoff our time, which was a eight thirty-two kickoff in New Jersey. But there, we could see the lightning. I was watching the TV and I could see the lightning. And obviously, if it's in the, like three miles of the ground, it's a automatic thirty-minute extension to the break. But I think everyone agreed at one point of the game wasn't going to go ahead, and safety of the fans and of the players yeah. is paramount. No matter. Obviously, everyone wants to see Red Bulls playing against a very, very poor into Miami team, which yeah. we should have been getting picking up the three points for that one. But at the end of the day, the welfare of the fans and staff and every single player on that pitch is the most important thing. And it definitely. was the right decision not to play the game. Oh, oh definitely the right decision because that trust me, there's no more no one putting more than the in the world who wanted to see that game played after being up but like <laughs> it was like half two, we were waiting up. No yeah. one wanted to see it more. We did not want to have a waste of season. But um the safety is always had to be number one priority. Um I think the game could have been called off a bit earlier. Yeah, definitely. Um I think waiting waiting to half nearly half ten to call the game off. Yeah. Um it's a taste that was a bit it was a strange one to me. We've got Daniel back. Sorry about that. I'm having power issues at my uh, uh, residence, so uh, hopefully uh, through the phone, uh, the smartphone will be a lot better. I apologize about that. No it happens. Always happens. So we're talking about the postponement of a Miami game, which you know, what, what was the time when the match got postponed here by 3 30 a.m.? It was 3 30 a.m. Yeah. our time, so that was what well, half you Summer, summertime, summertime here in uh, New York City or in the eastern part of the United States. Unfortunately, the weather is not that great, especially in the summer heat. And uh, we had at least tons and tons of bad weather coming over. I think it was like four or five consecutive storms. I know the league was trying to have the match played, and unfortunately, it just could not happen. I mean... I was on uh, the Weather Channel, which is here in the U.S. I don't know what it is in England or in the United Kingdom, but uh, uh, basically the radar showed that all the storms coming, it wasn't going to end until after 1 o'clock in the morning Eastern time here in the U.S. So there was no chance this match was going to get played. And it's a shame because 
Inter Miami is ripe for the picking by any club. And of course, their last match in midweek was against New England Revolution, who's been very strong uh, so far, leading the Eastern Conference, and they get destroyed 5 0 by Philip Neville's side. And, uh, you know, what probably would have happened um, against the Red Bulls? Probably a loss. So all I can say is, is that uh, here on the East Coast, where it's super humid, super uh, schmutzy, <laughs> um, when it's the summertime and um, you're going to get thunderstorms all the time, you hope you don't, but you do. And uh, this is one of those times where the match probably get. I would have to assume uh, made up during the international break. Uh, we're all guessing September. Yeah. Uh, probably get made up probably on the weekend, that Saturday before the U.S. plays their second World Cup qualification game um, yeah, it, so. against Canada, which will be on Sunday down in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where the uh, Titans play and Nashville SC plays currently at Nissan Stadium. So I think that's when it's going to happen. But, yeah, look, if you've ever been to Florida in the summertime – if you've ever been to Florida in the summertime, you're on holiday, and you've been through a torrential rainstorm, you know what it's like. I haven't been to Florida, but I know people that have. So this is a great one. Not that great, but I, we knew about it. We could keep Brian. We're talking to Keith Brian, who's the Englishman in New York. We're talking quite a bit. Um, he was he, he sent us the photos, and the street up to the Red Bull Arena, which obviously I've been to, and it was completely flooded. And it was quite, it was quite surreal, really, when we saw the images. And um, what we, what we find most strange, I think you agree, with it, it's funny, is when we see stuff like when we saw, when we saw the sub, the video of a subway being filled up, and a oh, woman yeah. gets walking, woman gets walked through it like it was everyday thing. We get so shocked. But people, when we talk to people at Anthony, who's a good friend of Shafty Merced, he goes, "Oh, it's just part, just normal thing." Are we like what? <laughs> like we get we get two inches of snow in the UK and we come to a standstill. Like yeah, hundred percent agree. But it just shows you that obviously there's one side of the ocean who's coping with weather conditions and one who have any excuse not to cope with the weather conditions. And I'm not even kidding you when we said we had a bit of rainfall the other week and it was probably about one percent of what you had in. New York and New Jersey, and a part of our central line was shut down for flooding. And I actually did at the time compare it to see how much difference rainfall there was. And it actually was 1.8% of what the rainfall was in New Jersey we had that day. And obviously we had flooding and everything shuts because Britain's Britain and yeah. everyone knows it. We have an inch of snow like that. Oh, oh. no, we can't fly. We've got to put ground every cut, cut go to work. <laughs> For, for those of Americans who don't know, the central line is like, like a C or D train on the subway and uh, underground. They were definitely very confusing. But, that's, but yeah, anything happens here, shut everything down. Oh, like, well, you know, so, some of these subway stations in Manhattan are probably uh, – well, I'm trying to get my camera here straight. Um, some of these subway stations are over 100 years old, you know, and uh, – there are subway stations that are very narrow entrances. So that's why sometimes the flooding does happen. Uh, you know, long, long time ago, uh, back in the good old days, I guess they all going to say and <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, look, um, New Yorkers, you know, we, we've handled a lot in our times. You know, we can handle whether it be flooding, 
you know, no one wants to go through a flooded subway station, but you know, we'll, we'll get through whatever we can and, uh, you know, trudge along and find ways to, uh, make the day better if we can. But, you know, it, it's been, um, it's, it's difficult to see and it's tough to see. And hopefully, uh, New York state and, uh, the, uh, MTA, which is the metropolitan transit authority. Uh, of course they're in Albany, basically Albany is the capital of New York state. And hopefully they'll find ways to, uh, go and uh, refurbish and fix this problem that hopefully will never happen again. So that's uh, all I can say right now about that. But, you know, look, at least the pitch wasn't waterlogged. It wasn't flooded. I mean, that's the one good thing about some of these newer football grounds, especially Red Bull Arena. The drainage system handles the water very well. There's no problems at all. And that's the great thing about even though they couldn't play it because of the lightning and the thunderstorms flashing around, Red Bull Arena and the New York City area, um, you know, at least the pitch wasn't waterlogged. So that's a good thing. That's a oh, yeah. That's a true test test of modern infrastructure. And obviously, we, especially in England, especially we have football stadiums dating back 100 years. You know the ones that are going to flood. You know the modern ones that actually develop now so well. And that's the great thing now that obviously if it wasn't for the Lightning, the game would have played. So it's mm-hmm. just one of them that another day the Lightning would have, eased up the game would have been played but at the end of the day it's a shame because like we were saying into miami are not great at the moment and even though it's an englishman in charge then there's a few english guys within their roster it's a shame so i was looking forward to that game and i was hoping it was going to be a nice nice relaxing game to watch at red bull arena <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean look i wanted to see what the rebels were going to do against you know look philip neville uh you know back in the day fantastic player during his days with manchester united of course, his brother Gary was with him as well over there during the Sir Alex Ferguson days at uh, Old Trafford. Uh, David Beckham, of course, they're both best friends. They're best pals playing on those Sir Alex Ferguson teams. Um, you know, they're all having a, a tough uh, go at it right now. And, you know, when you have these high-profile players, and I'll even admit that Philip Neville is a high-profile manager coming into this country. Coming to this league, just because it's the U.S., that does not mean that you're going to have a picnic every single match against these clubs. This is a league that, yes, we are developing players. Yes, this is a league. You know, we have academies, and we're trying to do our best. We're also trying to win a World Cup for our national team as well. So if you think you're going to come in here and you think it's going to be an easy-peasy you know, cakewalk, you're sadly mistaken. Very, very sadly mistaken. And, you know, let me just say this. Even though I respect him as a footballer, we still don't know what type of a manager he could he could be in world football. Thierry Henry even admitted he took the league lightly when he came in. And, and after he took it lightly, he admitted he should never have done that and he played three more, three and a half more fantastic seasons for the New York Rebels, scoring so many goals. Uh, all those Olympic, the Olympico goal we remember against Columbus, the big goal he scored against Chicago during a, a very, very humid afternoon at Red Bull Arena, where he nails it off the inside of the back post and in. Um, you know, Henri just finding ways to score goals like he always did as a player, which. 
I still think he can still score goals, in my opinion. I know he's retired and everything, but I still think he can put on a kit and go out there and destroy whoever he wants. I don't think he'll be a starter anymore in the Premier League, but still, though, if he comes off the bench, look out, because you know he's going to find a way to beat your butt as soon as he gets the freaking ball. So, you know, you got to have players that are going to come here, come to this league, and just because it's the United States, oh, they don't give, they don't care about football. No, we care about football. Okay. Yes, we have more sports. Obviously, we have hockey that we share with Canada. We have baseball. We have basketball. We have the American Football League in the NFL. I understand all that, but the truth is, this nation, this country, does care about football. And if you're not a fan of it here, then you're not a fan of it anywhere. No, oh, hundred percent agree, and I think especially coming from our side, being in obviously based in Europe, the recognition that obviously the American players are getting now as well is yeah. obviously it helps having your Christian Pulisic, your Tyler Adams, all these players moving in and even like Sergino Des, for example, at Barcelona. But it's only going to help the reputation of a country when they're getting players who are playing for the top teams. Look at Weston McKinney, for example, who switches Schalkart, who's struggling at the side of Bundesliga. And then they say, oh, we miss him so much, end up getting relegated next season, moves to Juventus and actually looks... Well in place, but this, I, I was saying to someone, you go to the go to the MLS then, look at Gonzalo Higuain. He even he's admitted it as well. He went, but I was coming over, I thought it was a quick payday, easy game football. And then he's even come out of me and saying, it's not as easy as it once was. And everyone knows that because American football is getting more credible by the day. And I think a massive advocate of that has got to be, look at Jesse Marsh now. He's taken the MLS by the storm. He played done so well transforming Red Bulls. Obviously, goes to assistant manager, impresses so much like that. We'll give you Salzburg, and now he's leading one of the top, like top teams in Germany, who are going to push for their first ever Bundesliga title. And only imagine, I'd love to see Jesse Marsh holding the Bundesliga at the end of the year. What he would be doing for American sport, it would just oh. boom it even more. And that's the one thing I love about Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh, you know, when when he was here managing, obviously, you know, look, Mike Pecky was a fan favorite. He played for the club for so many years. Um, originally as the part of the Metro Stars, and then, of course, became New York Red Bulls, left a little bit, came back, uh, scored a goal in the first-ever match against Santos in a friendly before the uh, first MLS match began against Chicago Fire. And, you know, I mean, not to go all the way back to, you know, way back when, but, you know, he was one of us. He's from Long Island. Um, you know, he was part of the club for a long, long time, played it, assistant coached it. Managed it for two years, got the club's first trophy. Uh, excuse me, <coughs> sorry. Uh, in the Supporters Shield back in 2013, and you know, then the whole change happened, uh, sending him away. Ali Curtis came in, Jesse Marsh came in, and Jesse Marsh came in like around you know, like 2015, and then all of a sudden, he changed. He changed the club, made it. Um, Strong, demanding. Apologize. Sorry about that. Tickle That's my throat. Right. Um, and what he did was he brought back the hard-nosed football that we all wanted when Mike Pecky was managing the club. No, no, 100%. And I think you can even look now, obviously, at what he's done at Salzburg as well and even taking them onto the European stage, which they're used to. But in the Champions League, competing with big teams, and running them close, like Liverpool, when they come up against in the group stage, 
even like Jurgen Klopp admitted how well they was playing Salzburg for the team. Obviously, it helps when you had a young Erling Haaland. Anyone's going to be playing well, but I think give it. Obviously, you can see that they've trusted him to give him the Leipzig job. Obviously, after Julian Nagelsmann, who's one of the best young up and coming managers in world football, and now Jesse Marsh full in his step. Like, he's been backed. He's got money to spend. Obviously, a certain. Mr. Clark has now fish is officially on the Leipzig books now, even though you could arguably say he's been on the Leipzig books for quite a while. Um, but obviously he's loaned back to us for the moment, and it's just going to be a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see. And when obviously the next the big World Cup comes up, which is the US, Mexico, and Canada, these players who now are in the 18 to 24 area, they have this much more experience and they are playing as a unit and they're playing at the top top level. It's going to be it's going to be a great watch. You've got Stefan. Obviously, I know everyone says, "Oh, he's back up at Man City." He's still a Premier League champion, and he's playing again. He's playing in training with the best players in European football, and it's only going to help the rest of the team. Christian Pulisic has just won the Champions League, the biggest honor you can get in Europe. And then you've got like McKenny now at Juventus, who's going to be pushing for a Champions League, pushing for Syria. Tyler Adams pushing for the Bundesliga. It's everything is going to come round in a circle, and it's going to make great watching. I'm like looking forward to it. even looking at the Gold Cup. Obviously, the roster is very like low down, mostly MLS, but there's still quality players in this team. And obviously, it's a shame that there's no Red Bull guys. Obviously, if Caden Clark was fully healthy, he probably would have gone. And fair play to him. Even like Cole Duncan was pushing on the door that on another on another situation could be selected because he's been outstanding this year. And MLS is the reason why this is getting pushed up because the academies are getting better. So it raises the level up. And obviously Europe are always going to be poachers. They're always going to see a talent. And that's helping the national team. But then also the MLS is going up because you've got players who are leaving Europe in their 20, 26 to 28 in their prime and saying, let me go and give the MLS credit. Obviously it helps some of the South American guys, mm. obviously like Carlos Vela, for example, who could have played, kept playing in Europe if he wanted to, but he's decided to go out to the MLS, played very well for LAFC, and it's only going back across the pond. And people are like, actually, you know what? I'll give that a go. Like Tom Edwards, for example, is playing in the championship. It, it, even like money standards is a very, very well-earned well position playing in championship. But then people look at him and think, oh, you know what? I'll go over there and give it a try. And especially young players. <clears throat> is there a better way to develop than going over to a different continent, learning how to live and sustain, but also playing a completely different type of football when obviously the travelling is very different. But these players now are not just thinking, oh, I'm just playing every week against MLS players. I'm going Europe. I'm playing US and we want to win. And I think that you can see that by the, how young and hungry these players are. And obviously... The U.S. men's national team's never been in a position of, you know what, a World Cup. That's our target. To be fair, that's what it is. To be fair, that is our target. That is. That's our target. That's what we want to be a part of. That's what we want to get to. That that's the uh, upper echelon of, uh, you know, world football. Obviously, we want to win a World Cup. We're so hungry as supporters and media to see that opportunity to hoist that little golden trophy in the air after a final um don't know if it'll be in qatar we have to of course start qualifying in about two months and uh all we can do is is just move forward 
and uh, hope that it does happen. If not, then we're going to be sharing the hosting duties with Canada and Mexico uh, for the World Cup in 2026. So, you know, look, I think right now our players are um, ready to take that position wearing the USA shirt, but they got to do it in qualifying first. We're not in UEFA. We're not in CONMEBOL. You know, though in my mind, nothing against Africa, nothing against Asia and Oceania, but I think we all know this very well. UEFA and CONMEBOL are the two best confederations when it comes to World Cup qualifying because you know it's a knock them out, drag them out fight. Every single time these big clubs, excuse me, these big countries are going to try to qualify for the respective spots to get to the World Cup. You know, you know, I mean, right now Germany's having some issues. We all know that. England will is starting to really peak. I know it's tough to see them lose in the Euros in a penalty kick shootout. But honestly, it's it, you know, those are the big boys. Italy, Spain, Germany, England. You know, out of the top 4 and of course we all know about Argentina and Brazil, Colombia's up there, Uruguay is up there, Paraguay could be up there, you know, but for this nation to get to a deep, deep run, and the last time they had that deep, deep run was in 2002 where they went to the quarterfinals, they were at least a penalty kick decision away from leveling the match against Germany in the quarterfinals. Did not happen. We all know it was a Scottish ref that got us. I'm going to be kind here. I'm not going to go that far. I like Scotland. I like Scots. They're good guys and everything. I won't go that far, but obviously it was Hugh Dallas that denied us a penalty, which it should have been a penalty, but, you know, I digress. It's been a long time since then, but still, you know, uh, we, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. Yes, we will. Um, to be fair, you were saying about Tom Edwards, Scott, and um, Ronnie. To be fair, he's, he has gone from living in the state to New York, so... Yeah. I'd rather live in New York than Stoke. I've been to Stoke. No, no disrespect for anyone from Stoke. No, no. I'd rather <laughs> live in New York. I think most people would. Yeah. Um, very quickly, we should talk about the last match quickly, shouldn't we? Yeah. The Toronto. So it was it was a hard 12 kickoff here. It was 7.30 your time, right, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 7.30. It was 12.30 here. We got to watch it on free sports. It was lovely. Um, I think we had a way commentators though. I don't think we did have Shep and Steve. No. I think it was the way commentators. Yeah. We were disappointed for that. We like him and Shep and Steve. Um, but it was a the red ball could be tuned up within the first ten minutes. I thought he should have been. Hmm. I think he should have taken them chances better. Um, I've got to say, red ball dominated that first half. It should have just oh. scored a goal. Like, um, perfect start after the break. I somewhat you say, my you tell me if I might say lucky goal because it hit Ryan a bit. I'd like to see it by our boy Tom Edwards <laughs> rooting the British flag. Um, he's our favorite player, he didn't get <laughs> We quite like Tom Edwards. Um, Kamala with another goal. Um, and then it looked so good. Then Toronto started dominating. And I got the goal. And it brings us to a very good point during the arts because Cornell saved the first 
um, shot. Yeah, of course. But one, maybe you could argue you should say the second one. But Julian said, we broached the issue of why, so obviously Ryan Mary is Irish, who we didn't know. He's, he's a heart fire Irish. Like he's not getting locked in. He's, not, he's, he's clearly number two. He'd last seen his staff number one. He got thrown around a bit. It was really between him and um, whom I'm thinking of. Can't remember his on. name. Come on. Is it David Connell? No, that's Coronel Janssen. Come on. Uh, I, I think we've got Connell. We had the Connell at Iswich. I think um, Jensen. They were up. And this season, he's clearly number two. Yep. Connell has been okay. Not been amazing. Been okay. Not really got a lock in. He mm. won't get a lock in. I don't think, but do you think he should be? Not sure, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I like Tom Edwards a lot. He is a very solid defender. I know he mostly plays as a fullback, but as a center back, he's been playing so strong, so good. It's really been a, uh, a revelation to watch him perform and yeah. doing the things he's done on the back line. Obviously, there's been some calls against him that I think that were not uh, really real calls, especially the penalty he uh, was called for in Orlando, even though Coronel did make the save on it. That was barely any contact on that one at all. O outside of that, I've been really enjoying Tom Edwards' play. He's really been strong. He's done very well. Solid tackles, clean tackles. Everything's been fine. I know there was a bit of a handbags at five paces uh, last night against Toronto, but obviously, you know, look, I I've, I've enjoyed his play. He's done very well and hopefully we'll get Nealis back up uh, and running. We'll see what Reyes can do, you know, once he's back from injury, but still though, uh, Tom Edwards has been a solid backliner and um, obviously he's on loan. I would love for him to stay, but if it's not possible, then you know what? I'm glad he came over for the season or maybe, hopefully, it's two seasons. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Tom Edwards. I think Tom Edwards is amazing. He's definitely a favourite player. So we're, we're going to take a quick little break now. We'll see you again in around 30 seconds. I'll drive it to a quick video. And welcome back. I hope you liked the video. If you haven't gets bad out, you can sort of read the story in all of our videos. So you watch the beginning, the middle, and the end. You'll see a story. Um, so keep on that. We've got a couple of comments came in also. Some from Facebook users. I don't know who you are, so I probably I'll catch that you're right. So, like I said before, see your comment. Go to streamyard.com slash Facebook. We know your name. So, who was, <laughs> I don't know who said that. But um, Facebook users said, I like Edwards too. I hope we keep him. And then Julian again. Julian's been a massive fan tonight. Thank you, Julian. Edwards is a refreshing surprise like Luke Rogers. Luke Rogers. Oh, nice name from the past. I miss him. Miss oh. Luke Rogers. What a guy. 
Okay, here's a story. Here's a story about Luke Rogers. Um, after a match that he scored a goal, and I think it was the five-nil victory over Toronto where he scored the goal. That was a hell of a, a hell of a shot too. Um, Luke Rogers came out of the dressing room because we had a little area where you know the media is outside and we don't have to worry about going to the dressing room and stuff. Well, he comes out, white t-shirt, muscle t-shirt, you know, very muscular guy, Mister Clean bald head and everything. Um, and, you know, we're all asking him questions. And I'm just putting my head down because I want to make sure I heard every word he says. And I look down. He's got spikes on his freaking shoes. Look <laughs> <laughs> those little studs. Am I right? Think, I'm right thinking he got he, he couldn't get a visa, could he? Something like that, some sort of visa issue. He can get visa to come back for the season. Red he wanted to, you know, but yeah, something in his happened, which is a shame. You know, one year of Luke Rogers was not enough. We Everyone wanted him to come back. Everyone loved him. The little English tank, they called him. It was really, you know, really nice guy. I know he's um, working for some sort of uh, player agency company, I believe, in England. Or it's like after the fact. So, um, yeah, you know, you, uh, you but I hope he's doing all right, though. I hope he's doing yeah. all right. We, I know he was missed when unfortunately he couldn't come back in. Yeah, I think you, you think about it, we had quite a few great Englishmen, haven't we? You think Rogers, Lord Sam, mm-hmm. probably the big one, probably the best ever player in the history of the Red Bulls, right? Phillips is probably the best player, not not probably, is the best player to ever play with the Red Bulls. He's an Englishman, and you got then you got Tom Edwards. You had, do we have someone else? Who else do we have for a bit? Been quite a few. Um, I think a, we also got you. Also have Drew Yearwood over here. Yep. Yeah. And he's done well, actually. Shame that I think uh, hopefully he won't be out too long with the mm-hmm. shoulder injury. But um, when he landed hard, but hopefully Drew Yearwood will be back out there. Hopefully we've got Egg by as well. Obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is you know twos. Um, Keith Brain. He shorts his white if he allowed to freaking fight. Luke Rogers. Love that. <laughs> uh, Julian, I saw him play versus Vancouver. Came with a sub, got a massive cheer. What a guy. So, yeah. get that back to the match. 1-1, well, and they equalised. Um, I would say a decent point against Toronto. I'll always be happy with a point against Toronto. Um, and uh, we were watching it. I was saying I was saying in the group chat, I could, no wonder everyone hates Toronto. That's like so... That's so awful. Like it was a head, it was a head injury, a general head injury, mm-hmm. and they were, they were moaning. I know, like I know that's what the referees do now. There's a head injury, you know. You got to stop the match. You got yeah. referee has to blow his whistle and make sure. And Toronto was upset because play was stopped, all for a head injury. So Teldo should know better, because yeah. if that ever happens to him, he better hope and pray that the referee blows the whistle. So that they could attend to his potential head injury. Yep. Football, football never seemed to learn. Like, say, say some, say, like something awful happened. Say someone lost the life on football due to head injury. For weeks and weeks and weeks, we hear after what a disaster this is. We must never let it happen again. But when that happened, I was saying, lucky, lucky he was okay. But imagine it was something really serious was happening. They were moaning. Like, that's that doesn't sit right with me. Like, like head injury, you got to, you got to do it. Like, you see, we saw what happened to Christian Edelson, sadly, 
now with head injury, mm. but actually what can happen? Like you've got to caution is always gonna be number one thing. These are at the day, these are human beings in the at the end of the day. Their life is worth a lot more than if you get a girl or football. I'm sorry, but how I see it. Um yeah. but just touching on that, there's a certain player who decided when he come off the bench, he was going to run his mouth quite a lot. Oh, Obviously, I remember a certain incident with a Sasha Kleshton last when we was there. And they obviously both got sent off in the tunnel and obviously used to play for a certain club, obviously of very close to our hearts. But just something I've always not liked about him. And it's for a big guy. I so said, you've got this it's like the contrast I had yesterday of Josie Altador, this massive guy, six foot. And then Soltado is about five foot two or whatever he is. It's little and large. It's like a, like an owner of a dog and a pit bull. It's hilarious to watch. And obviously, Soltado starts running after ref. I thought, oh, it's bad enough. And then Altador starts pushing it. I'm like, it's a bit different him doing it because he could literally do damage to someone. And then obviously, mm -hmm. Tom Edwards, Amro Tarek. And I <laughs> did fancy Tom Edwards in a little scrap there, but obviously... They kept their calm quite well, but it always seems to happen, especially at Toronto at BMO Field. Obviously, last time they waited for the tunnel, but it didn't happen this time. Right? Yeah, wasn't wasn't a great, a good point. A good point against a Toronto team. Obviously, I'm much better now. Chris Hamilton's left. You can see you can see it instantly. We're already clicking better, and I'm always happy. I always be having a good point um, against Toronto because. Toronto are just they're not not an easy team to play against ever, and we can't have a point good road points. Not a record's not been great on the road. Let's be honest, we lost more games than we won. Lost more, more games than we won. We're now got a road record of one, four, and two. Yep. Not a, not an awful road record now. So a hard decent road record. Um, so we get we're getting there. Now we then we head back to Red Bull Arena. So I think it's time for our next one. This is quite. An interesting one. Move on to Caden Clark. Obviously, Caden Clark, we talked about it earlier, is set to move to Leipzig in January for his permanent move. But Kevin Farewell has said he could possibly stay at Red Bull Red Bulls, at Red Bull Arena event at Red Bull New York um, for the next season. Basically, unless he's all rumors, not anything official before when he gets there excited. Basically, what we said is if it's better for development, he could stay here. Well, that's interesting. I felt interesting. Obviously, we all want Caden to stay because Caden is one is a wonderful player. But if, imagine if we can keep Caden Clark for another year. Think what he could do next year. Another year older, another year stronger, another year to get some next cap. You know, honestly, Caden Clark uh, has been an amazing talent ever since uh, he was discovered um, by that Barcelona American Academy out in the wet and somewhere in the Midwest, I think it was. And then uh, Red Bulls brought him over, and he's been fabulous, absolutely fabulous since coming over uh, last year, of course. Scored his first ever league goal in Atlanta, the banger he had against Toronto, scoring four straight home games this season. Um, obviously, the appendectomy is not what we all expect him to get and have, obviously. But, you know, when you're seeing a player like that, hustling, getting to the proper positions, trailing plays, and putting the ball in the back of the net. This is something that you want to see for the future for the national team, and he'll be fighting for a spot for that national team 
somewhere down the road. Don't know about now. But the one thing I will say this is that I felt he should have made the U.S. Olympic qualifying team for Tokyo this summer. I thought he should have made it. Uh, I thought Kyle Duncan should have made it. None of them were picked by Jason Kreiss. And we all saw what happened in that semifinal round. Um, you lose that match. You don't go to the Olympics. You don't represent U.S. You don't represent CONCACAF. And that's another you know, disappoint, disappointing moment in our national team and our federation because you're not going to a third straight Olympic uh, tournament. And hopefully when the next round of games happens in the summer – that our kids are going to be able to go over there because it's getting ridiculous. You cannot lose not playing in the Olympics for these kids. Can't. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it is. Our team should be enter Olympic uh, football team, I don't think, do they? Uh, women's, I don't think so. Yeah, women's and we don't enter men's team. Um, but yeah. Obviously, Olympics start is it tomorrow. I think that start officially. Yeah, football, think, football well, the women's yesterday. the women's tournament already started. I don't know when the men's do, but I know yeah, the women's like tournament already started. Um, yeah, I, was, I watched a bit of uh, Brazil versus Germany today, and obviously, it's a great platform for these because obviously, for people who don't know, you have for your Olympic roster, you can have three players over the age of twenty three. So it's mainly designed for the younger players to show. It's a great platform, especially for your Cole Dunn's Clayton Cops to experience traveling to a major competition where there's the eyes of the world are watching you all right when everyone thinks of the olympics they don't naturally think of a football pitch they think of a, a running track or a swimming pool but it's a massive honor and brazil have this integrated into their system that they qualify for every single olympic games and they go there to win and these under 23 players can then take this experience into whatever competition comes next obviously for brazil is the copper america and then the world cup but you look today, they played a Germany team. All right, they won in the M4-2, which was a brilliant result for Brazil. Germany went down to 10 men. But if a US men's national team do qualify for the Olympics and get give Caden Clark, Cole Duncan, or any of these other young guys under 23 a chance, it's a big stage because you're going to Japan. Obviously, back in 2002, going to Japan and South Korea was a massive, massive thing. And to go there, and if you do come back with a gold medal, it's another thing of these players have gained the experience of winning thing. And it's a shame because I would love to have seen Caden Clark and Kyle Duncan in Tokyo. It would have been or like wherever the game's taking place in Japan. But it would have been a great achievement for them. And it's a shame because even, who knows, John Tolkien, for example, is going the right way to be fitting in in any under-23 roster. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a shame they didn't make it. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, it is. That, Maybe so. Maybe we'll keep him next year. Maybe he won't. If not, road trip to Germany. Why? Got that now. Much closer than RBA. Yeah, much closer. So when I say RBA, it's all RBA. But you know, yes. But Caden Clark is one of them. Obviously, wonder kid. Everyone can see that. And obviously, people in Europe know Caden Clark. So you know he's a big player at 18 years of age. And obviously, it will help him having. Jesse Marsh and Tyler Adams and having two Americans there, especially Tyler Adams, who's done the same like same transition from MLS to Leipzig. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, it's a young core that they do like to bring through at Leipzig. However, 18 is still very young to be going to the Bundesliga, mm -hmm. to a foreign country and playing. But 
If Leipzig say we're going to give him a chance, fair play to the kid. Hope he goes there and smashes it. But if they say do you want him on a six month, which could then extend to another twelve, I would snap in a heartbeat because he needs to play. And obviously, it's a shame. Obviously, he's had to go through a procedure which stopped him playing for a month. But the kid's the talent, and it's like when Tyler Adams breaking through. I remember watching his first game against Chelsea, and obviously that had Europe talking. Caden Clark has got Europe talking, and mm-hmm. that only goes one way. And Hopefully, he just smashes it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. If not, we got a good road trip to to Germany. So we we, we haven't really got we got a perfect excuse now, really. Yeah. Three three ex red ball players. We got a perfect excuse to go on that road trip now. So. Yep. So we're moving to the next thing now. So obviously, it's rivalry week. It's an all time rivalry. I don't care what MLS says. It's DC is a main rival. I don't care what anyone tells me. DC are always real rival to me. Exactly. Um, like, no MLS manufacturer derby is going to change that to me. DC, I want to beat DC. I want to win the Atlantic Cup. I want to bring it back to the Arena this year. Um, it's a late one here. It's 1am kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, we're used to it by now. Not really an early kickoff in MLS for us. Um, it's at Aldi Field, so it's another away game, second straight away game of the season, of course. Um, I don't think we, it's not, we're not going to, we haven't heard about it, it's been on UK TV yet. Not yet, it has been. Not yet. yet. It doesn't mean anything. We've got to, we've got to a day before, it's going to be the, what game was it? The Trans game on TV. Yeah. You'll probably find out like a day before a game, that's how it works here. We'll keep you updated on our social media, of course, if it, we find out the game. But it's a big game, I say it's a rivalry game, and both teams are quite close. Um, it doesn't matter. Does not matter. This is the original league derby. This is the one that everyone wants to watch. This is the big, big matchup. No matter how good or how bad either club is, it's DC versus New York Red Bulls. Period. Yeah. How many times we've seen uh, DC upset the Red Bulls in the playoffs? The uh, Red Bulls have upset a DC the last two playoff meet- meetings ever since they left RFK and jo- uh, started their uh, to play over at Audi Field, which I've been to a couple of times actually. The Red Bulls are unbeaten in the last four matches at Audi Field. RFK Stadium was a horror show, oh. but winning and not losing at Audi Field has been magical. I remember uh, the first match there, Bradley Wright Phillips scoring his 100th career MLS goal and then returning there for the 3-3 draw where he scored the hat trick, his last hat trick with the Red Bulls. That was an amazing. That you know that that out of all the wins against DC United, that 3-3 draw was magical because I felt at that time because it's not just having Brad scoring the hat trick you had Wayne Rooney, you had Paul Ariola, you had Luciano Acosta, now he's with FC Cincinnati since coming back into the league. You know, that's what you want to see from a rivalry standpoint. Granted, you always want to see the Red Bulls destroy DC United, obviously. But I've always felt that this, the, the, the Derby has to be healthy. And when they had those three at that time coming over, and they were scoring goals. And then it's only BWP, only Brad, that converted the hat trick. 
against them. That was amazing. I left Audi Field not just proud because they got a draw on the road, but they but Brad found a way to make everyone that was wearing black shirts leave crying. That's how amazing Bradley Wright Phillips was for the Red Bulls. He was tremendous. One of the best quotes Ray Rooney has said, this is a genuine quote, was when he went to, we, we saw RK and he was asked, about, he was told about the raccoons and he actually thought they were joking. No, we had to tell him, no, no, we're being serious, the raccoons here. Like he generally thought we would make making it up and taking the bits. Like, no, there were teens there. Um yeah, but it was an awful stadium and not awful. Is it as bad as Yankee Stadium? Probably not. It's up there. But um it's gonna be an interesting game. Like I said, we want to beat them. Uh we always want to beat DC and this team needs to start winning some games. Like we need to get above the line. Like, I know we've got a game in hand, but you, if you get to the September game, you think, well, we draw too many games. You were not, you're running you're out of games. Like, we're nearly halfway through the season now. Like, we need to get some wins. Like, I've got no doubt we will get some wins. Um, mm. I had a very start opening 13 games. Like, for a lot of what I would call the teams that's better than that. And then we'll even so high across the season. But but at the moment we need points, I do. Um so hopefully we go to Aldi Field. We get result we need. Um I mean you, it, you I would have got for these two games like four points. Like get a draw at Toronto and get, I beat DC. Like that's what I I I would hope for. Mm-hmm. Um whether that happens or not we will see. Mm-hmm. Um do you think we'll win? Right now, I think they can win. I, I don't yeah. see anything right now from DC that tells me that they won't win. Right now, I say they can win. Um, like I said, they've been unbeaten so far. But you never know. This is a derby, and derbies are always interesting. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. You know, this is not Ben Olsen's team anymore. It's a brand-new manager, and... Uh, you know, he could have something in the works and uh, you're just going to have to be prepared for it. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's very true. It is, it is literally all you can do. So go out there, go, go up to Washington, um, and just, just go all out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, what's your score prediction, Molly? Well, I'd like to just actually say one good thing for us. It is live on Free Sports again, DC game. So brilliant news for us. Um, but my prediction is everyone knows I'm pessimistic and I'm not optimistic at all. But 2-1 Red Bulls. That, I'm going 2-1 Red Bulls. I've just got a feeling that Patrick Klimala and Fabio are going to get one each because they're, they're playing very well at the moment. Klimala especially very impressed, but mm-hmm. it's obviously going to be a tricky game. It's going to go to the end, but I'm going to say 2-1 Red Bulls with Klimala and Fabio scoring. What's your, what's your score prediction, Daniel? I'll I'll go with Ronnie's prediction. I think it's going to be a 2-1 win. Um, I really think Klimala and uh, Fabio are going to put the balls in the back of the net 
I, I really feel good about it. Um, their back line will have a solid match. Uh, outside of that, I, I feel 2-1 Red Bulls. Enough there. Okay. Like, I agree. It will be a close. It would be 2-1 on 3-2, something like that, on that score. I vote, yeah, Julian, Julian, that's right. I've all written good. It's getting good. Like, I'll start to see when you when we didn't win the game, you said that's awful. But I don't think a um, one, four, and two record is that bad in MLS. You're not going to win many games on the road. Like, it's very hard to get results on the road. Even in England, without all the trouble that you've got involved, it's hard to get results. It's even harder in. Um, and they've played, I think they've some games and they had tap games like even South out. And um, we just go on to the next one. And um, listen, this is get... MLS, this is this is MLS, it's not how you start, it's how you finish this the regular season to get to the playoffs. Yeah, it's, 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 how, not... it's how you get in the playoffs, how you think win. like you can, you can be like you can be as awful you want in the season, you can finish the seventh and get in the playoffs on the last day. But if you win MLS Cup from MLS Cup, it does not matter in MLS. Right. That's right. how it is. That's how it is. So, how it is. So, um, now if we're coming towards the nearly the end, but we've got a bit of time left. And um, we'll talk about you now, Daniel. It'll be very kind to go out short time to talk today. So you run you've been part of Red Bull Media for years. Like my first proper season. Of Red Bull, be Red Bull fan was twenty fifteen. I've been a I've been about for a couple of years, but the rest of the first season I was fully committed. I like to think I picked a pretty good year. Um, and I got involved in. I didn't get involved. I joined a group called the IHC, which is actually run by Julian. I'm um, not in it anymore. I think I, I I moved Facebook and that's all gone. But I was trying to join it now. And it might mind me. Um, and I, that's how I actually met you because you posted in IHC. How I met you, how I met a lot of people in Red Bull, but now I'm going to match money. Why don't you tell people a bit what you do and how you do it and where, where to find you? Okay, so uh, for my Twitter account, it's capital letter D, uh, capital letter F, lowercase E U E R S is in Sam, T E I N. Uh, obviously, I'm on Facebook. Um, I've been doing, I just started my own site right now. Go to danielfoyerstein.com. And I'm on Blog Talk Radio at the moment uh, for Four Year Steen's Fire. As you can see, the, the my little show card there on the uh, uh, on the screen. Uh, so go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Four Year Steen's Fire. Not only do I just cover the Red Bulls, I also cover American soccer, uh, everything that involves MLS, USL, uh, NPSL, um, also the men's and women's nationals national teams for the United States. And, um, you know, I've been doing this, I think I've lost count, probably close to 20 years now. Um, look, I, I was, I was uh, a supporter and then one day I'm like, I want to cover the team as a writer. And so I did. And then joined, uh, different, uh, um, sites. I was part of champion soccer radio network started by, of course, two Brits and, uh, you know, still friends with them for a long time uh, since uh, then. Uh, covered the, the club, of course, uh, back uh, for once a Metro of SB Nation until uh, this season. Uh, now I'm on my own uh, personal page and uh, it's been great. And, you know, 
you get to uh, see things that the normal supporter does not see. So it's been very good. Yeah. I think when, when we, so we started this journey, we started a few years last year, you did. We started the start of this season. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people took inspiration from uh, Mark Fiskin of it. He's a huge one. Um, yourself, you're, you've been mm-hmm. using trades throughout here. Yeah. Um, you, you do a, a fantastic job. And, um, we really, really, we love talking to you. We love having you on. It'd be amazing having you on. Um, I think one last thing before we go. Aha. Uh-huh. I've got a question from Keith Brown. I thought this is a perfect way to end it. I love Keith. Keith's a oh, good guy. I love, I, I love Keith. Keith is a great guy. I, I enjoy talking with him. He He's one of the old guards of supporting love- this club. He's wonderful. I love him and his family. We love Keith. Obviously, Keith. Obviously, he's, he's English as well. Which I is, know. For us, <laughs> that's that's amazing for us. I took like someone lives in there, support the team. That's that's amazing for us. So, like, obviously, obvious choice of a question, but might be different for everyone. Who he raised as the best Metro slash Red Bull player of all time? Oh God, there's just so many. There's just so many. The best of the best. You know, I'm going to give three. I'm going to give three. And, you know, we got to be fair here because we have to go with these three players that in my book um, were absolutely spectacular. I mean, you could go Thierry Henry. You can go Juan Pablo on hell. It's fine. That's your choice. But I think in all honesty, the three people that I would put right now the original Metro legend and Giovanni Savarese. You got to go with Clint Mathis. And you also have to go finally, and you two will love it, Bradley Wright Phillips. Because in my mind, you know, Giovanni Savarese, fine, he was a poacher, but at the same time, he scored some fantastic goals. We can't forget the bicycle kick. That leveled the match against the now defunct, well, the, the the defunct Tampa Bay Mutiny. They won it in a shootout back in the day. Clint Mathis, the five goal destruction over FC Dallas, then the Dallas Burn, and of course you cannot forget the sixty to seventy yard slalom he went. He challenged three different defenders against Dallas at Giant Stadium, and when he just got to the top of the area, he bombed it past the goalkeeper. I was at the match where he not only scored the hat trick, it was a left, it was, it was a right footed free kick, which I called the Honduran special because he did that to the Honduras in Honduras during world cup qualifying back in 2001, before they went to the world cup in, in South Korea, Japan, a running left foot goal, and then a header to finish off the hat trick in the second half. That's how good Clint Mathis was back in the day. And then, of course, Brad Brad was sensational. He tied Roy Lasseter for most goals in the season record along, of course, with Chris Wondolowski, um, scoring tremendous goals. I mean, he fed off of both NYCFC and Houston Dynamo. I've always said this because at the time before NYCFC came into existence, he would destroy the Dynamo either at Red Bull Arena or at BBVA Compass Stadium in downtown Houston. 
there is this old 70s movie. It's a bad movie. It's one of those BC rated movies, but it's funny because I remember it was called Super Bad. This guy was a cop in Florida looking for, a, you know, he gets these superpowers, but, you know, just like Kryptonite is the Achilles heel to Superman, if he saw the color red, it'd be the, his Achilles heel and he would just lose his powers for the moment. Because every time Brad saw orange, he would destroy him. Poured in goals out of nowhere. So that's why I would always joke around with Brad. Every time you see orange, you score goals against Houston. He wouldn't admit it, but that's how <laughs> I would ask him. So, yeah, uh, those top three, obviously. Not counting Henri, who's been fantastic. Not counting Juan Pablo Angel, who was fantastic. But the top three legends of this club. No particular order, obviously. Giovanni Severese, Clint Mathis, Bradley Wright Phillips. I think it's a, I think it's a very good selection. I, I would go I would go with that. It's a great selection. So we're nearly at the end of the time today. It's it's twenty it's eight thirteen local time here in the UK. So thank you for joining us today, Daniel. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. As as Jimmy said, you're a legend of Metro Media. Very happy and privileged to have you. you on tonight. I appreciate um, that. Thank you very much. Great to have you on, and we'll, we'll. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. You never know, maybe you do an Emirates Cup special. Let's hope <laughs> things are cost. Maybe, Let's maybe hope. after all of the years, it's finally happened. It's things we've always said if we made the Emirates Cup final, we come over and watch it. There's real, real chance because of travel restrictions, we wouldn't be able to come. So, you know what's know what happened next year, don't you? We get the Emirates Cup, that will happen. <laughs> That will happen. So thank you I very hope much. So. Hope so. We will we, we'll cope with not having to watch it if we win. Uh, thank you for coming on today, Daniel. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. You're so he's nearly at the end of the episode today. Um, like I hope you enjoyed it. Something new we've done today. I hope you enjoyed its format. I think it's worked brilliantly and been really great getting you involved in the comments. Well, I'm sure we'll do this again. Um, well, there's not much else to say. Keep an eye on our socials. Don't forget, you can see our latest article about the um, uh, Emilet suing, uh, suing Kaku's move. You can find uh, on our website. You can find the chat now. You can follow us on Twitter at RBNYUK, Facebook, on Instagram. We've got, we've got daily articles on our website. We've got another article going at 9 o'clock. I'll be looking at another um, legend of Iron White. Who's it this week, Bonnie? Oh, don't ask me. There's too many legends. I forget them all. Too many legends. Um, how it works now. Too many legends. I, I believe it is um, so many legends. You, just, you can't keep track of these legends, can you? No, but like just touching on that article, Jamie, who does write for us, has done a brilliant job so far yes. it's a must read and if you anyone who's watching this or it's the original click Matt Fitz what's what Daniel just saying click Matt Fitz 100% hit us up on social medias and if you have a player that you want us to look into yeah let us know and we'll put them in an article within the series so yeah it's as much our series as your series but if there's anyone you want let us know and they can go right in there yeah of course so it's okay you can catch 
for the next Red Bull match on Free Sports from the UK, available Red Bull Radio and MXG in the US. Okay, this podcast will be available on YouTube and all platform profiles, including we've got a new one now, haven't we, Monty? Another new one, and it's now TuneIn as well. So you can now catch us on TuneIn, as long as, obviously, your Apple's, your Spotify, and all other major platforms. But wherever you shall listen, we will try and put our voice out there. So for for what it is, it's YouTube will obviously have the live coverage of everything, but there will be more content coming to the YouTube channel soon, which we are working on. So as soon as we are getting the permissions from certain companies, we'll let you know, and there's Good things coming. Good for very good for coming again. Well, we're out of the end of the episode. Thank you for joining me, Ronnie. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I always love having you on. Don't forget now weekly podcast. So we'll be back next week. And we are delighted. We've got a very good friend of the show, Anthony Mercedon. We could talk about so much for ball stuff in the world. We'll be struggling to fit into this sort of show. Thank you for joining us live. Okay, you can catch this out later if you miss parts of it on the other platforms it mentioned. It's time for the credits. Mm-hmm.